Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Great to be home. Um, God is doing great things in India and through the, the, the teams and the pastor um, network that we have and you know, I want to honour those guys and we did a pastor's conference and we did other, you know, meetings for mostly pastors. We don't do public meetings anymore. It, it, um, it's a quick way to get thrown out of the country. Welcome to everyone online. There's probably a few in India that are watching um, today. A um, bit early for them now, but they might watch it later. And, but, you know, those guys, front line. Front line. I heard a testimony of a guy that uh, was at the conference that they they bulldozed his church. Spent <laughs> spent ten, fifteen years of his life building this community, this church, this building, and and uh, somebody decided they wanted a car park there for a, a wine shop, and so they bulldozed it and crushed them. Like that was just. Man, a life's work being smashed. He gave a testimony that today he pastors four churches. You know, so what the enemy tried to do to shut it down, to, to close the voice of God in a dark place, he's pastoring four churches in four regions now. The power of the gospel, you won't hold it back. You, you can't shut it down. It's life. It's life. And, uh, yeah, it was a powerful time. I also had the, the honour of travelling with Pastor Craig from Mackay and uh, my old mate, Pastor Ron Henry. Oh, Ronnie came with us. Um, and we had a, an amazing time. Uh, Craig and Ron and uh, I think it was John Lund as well and myself, we started the Ashray Girls um, uh, boarding school, you know, 20 years ago and um, went back and obviously I go back twice a year so I'm, I check it all out twice a year but it was it's good to see what God has done and, and also Ron and I first went to Nasapur where it was a major part of our RT foundation works um, and um, um, literally affected thousands of people over the years, like thousands of families. Over the years, mostly children, but man, it's made a difference over there and it was great to uh, go back and see them. You know, uh, it's very much a part of our DNA. Highway is a family church with a mission's heart. You would have seen that, heard it, whatever, around the place. It's been with us for 27 years. And uh, I've been asked, what are one of the strengths of your church? And, And it's always been mission. You know, one of the strengths of our church, local and, you know, abroad, a heart for mission. A heart for mission. I, I, I think that uh, any church that doesn't have an outward focus will eventually implode. It's just the way it is. It's the way that God designed us and uh, we were never born again to be the same. We're never born again to be the same. You've got to get that today. If we're just the same, only a bit more religious, 
We've missed it. We've missed it. We can't be ourselves like the world. We're born again into his purpose. And can I encourage you today, you know, get involved with our local mission. Uh, Joey would take you on board. There'd be schools, we, kids we could feed in schools. There's domestic violence programs and stuff for kids and, and all of what Joey does throughout the community. She could, she could use your help if that's your heart. You know, uh, we, we have pioneer pastors planting churches in India. If that's your thing, get on board with that or, or get on the website and, and have a look at the RT Foundation. That's our, that's our foundation, the RT Foundation. And uh, there is, uh, you know, uh, sponsoring children, medical clinics, um, the ambulance over there. Um, you know, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Villages, be a part of village transformation. Um, you know, through COVID, the villages that we supported, not one person died. In an environment... In an environment where these people get up, they go to work, they earn enough to buy food in the market on the way home, and they eat. They don't have fridges. You know, they can't store food in that sense. And so in the lockdowns, if they couldn't work, they didn't eat. It was that simple. And yet we fed thousands. Um, I could tell you some tragic stories, but I, I want to get into a message. I don't want to break your heart before you hear the word. But there were some tragic stories. And praise God, not, not in the villages that you support. Not in the village. Those kids, those kids are getting an education because it's the only way out of poverty in those third world countries. You've got to educate them. And some of them don't even have birth certificates. They, they weren't born in a hospital. They were born in a village and on dirt floors. And they, they have no documentation whatsoever. Actually, they don't exist. But God sees them. God sees them and he sends you to make a difference in their life. For some reason, God loves nobodies. Amen. He sees nobodies. And uh, so get on board the RT website and, and whatever mission. Just be a part of it. You've got to. Um, and this trip's reinforced my absolute belief that the most contented you'll ever be in life is when you're living with his purpose. With his purpose. Whatever that is for you. That's the most contented you'll ever be in life and uh, our opportunities now because we don't own tomorrow amen our opportunities now um, and uh, turn to Romans chapter 8 verse 28 Romans 8 verse 28 let me read that scripture to you it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose Called to call. Three things I want to bring out of that passage of Scripture one day, uh, today. The first thing is the good in verse 28. It says, we know that in all things God works for the good. 
And this is something that we should never forget. You know, we get a bit discouraged when we watch the news. We hear about tragic things happening all over the world and sometimes the good gets lost in the bad. Amen? We should never forget that God always works for the good in our lives. And it's something that mankind actually struggles to understand. In uh, Philippians chapter 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So if you're born again today, there should always be an influence of the Holy Spirit to steer you toward a good purpose. To his good purpose. There's something about inside of you. It's, a, it's this unnatural desire that one makes a difference. It's an unnatural desire for you to be confronted with a situation and say, you know what, I want to make that better. It's not, it's not in our flesh. I remember in 1985, the first time uh, I went to India, you know, being confronted by poverty that I, <laughs> I was not prepared for. I had never seen it before. And... Um, at the same time, experiencing God so powerfully that I, I'd never experienced that before either. And I had to do something to make a difference. I mean, I was 30 years old. I uh, had no money. <laughs> uh, didn't know many influential people or didn't know a lot about it. But, you know, I said yes to the Holy Spirit and the journey began. Said yes to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's all it took. And if you study history, you know, the first hospitals were developed by Christians. The first orphanages were started by Christians. I remember uh, seeing a documentary on the life of a man named Wilberforce who, who in England dedicated his life to the abolishing of slavery in England and, and in the Commonwealth countries. Abolished slavery. Gave his life to do that. And you know when it started, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and it became his mission. In a very unpopular environment. Why? Because the slaves made the money for them. You were hitting the economy when you were talking about that. And no government wants to know about that. Amen. But this guy was a parliamentarian and he was in the, you know, in the high ranks and, and he fought for it and fought for it and, and it, took, it took 15, 20 years, whatever it took. It took a long time. And you know, when the slavery was abolished in England, uh, he died three days later. Completed his life mission. But it was the Holy Spirit that came upon his life that turned it all around. It was the Christian doctors... In the 5th century when um, I think it was smallpox that, that hit or the plague that hit the, the world at that time and all the pagan doctors, they ran away. The Christian doctors stayed. They cared for the people. They cared for the people. It was a two-year journey. Two years it affected and it eventually turned the Roman Empire Christian. Why? Because the Christians were serious about doing good. 
They were there to do good. Galatians chapter 6. Turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 10. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Folks, this is very hard, hard of the very core of Christianity. The very core of Christianity, and it's the Holy Spirit that impresses upon all of our hearts to just simply do good. Do good. We can all do good. We can all do good to take our, our, our total focus off ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to his purpose. His purpose. The second point today is you've been called. Been called, if you look at verse 28 again. It says there in, uh, in Romans 20, As we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called. Been called. This is not someone's good idea one day. This is not just a, a kind-hearted person by nature. No, this is about God calling his people to live for his purpose. To live for his purpose. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, it says, For you are a chosen people. We love this scripture, don't we? We love this scripture. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy people, God's special possession. Yes, bring it on. I love this scripture. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Why? Why? So that we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? That's good news for us, but it's better than that. It's good news with purpose. It's not good news that just satisfies my flesh and aren't I wonderful and terrific. Tell someone what God has done. Give them an opportunity to make a difference in their life, in their family. Amen? Let it flow. It's great that God has done good things for you. I applaud that. I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. But don't let it stagnate. Don't let it stink. Amen? And become religious. Let it flow. Let it flow and bring life everywhere you go. Singing the praises of him for the good that he's done in us. Wow. What, a, what an honour. <laughs> what an honour. 
See, you'll never grow into God unless you get this revelation. You'll never grow into God unless you get this revelation. Now, you may grow in religion, but you'll never grow nearer to the heart of God. Being called is one of the most fulfilling things in your life. It's also one of the toughest things you'll ever have to face. Because being called according to his purpose will always be in direct conflict with our flesh. And the battle begins. <laughs> the battle begins. See, Romans 8, 12 to 13 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Listen to that. We have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. See the war? See the war? Why is there a war? Because God does everything for your good. It's, it's, your, it's for your good that you have this battle. You have this war raging within you between what my flesh wants and what his purpose demands. It's a good war. And I, look, I can tell you, over 27 years of pastoring people, the common denominator, listen to me, the common denominator of all those who have shipwrecked their lives and shipwrecked their faith is selfishness. Let it sink in. Not the devil. See, the devil's not that good. He's not that smart. Matter of fact, he can go on holidays because we'll destroy ourselves. We blame the devil because we don't want to look at self. Poor devil, needs therapy. Everybody's blaming him. He didn't do it. When it becomes all about us, we'll never be satisfied. You know, when we can earn just that bit more, when we can buy that bigger thing, when we can do that, that lifelong dream, if we can just fulfill that, we'll be happy. No, you won't. Because someone was talking the other, other day up here about, about, uh, about mountain peaks. You get to the top of a peak and you look and there's another peak. And there's another peak. And you get down through, you get up and there's another peak. So you'll never be satisfied while it's about me. Amen? And we all know people that it has to be done their way or look out. 
Am I right? I mean, you know when you go to make a decision, there's a couple of people that pop up in your mind that you think, boy, if I make that decision, not going to be popular with me. I'm going to answer for that if I, if I make that decision. Happens to me in pastoring. I make decisions in the church all the time. And I know there are certain people, maybe even sitting here today, that if I make that decision, I know they're going to be ticked. I know they're going to be unhappy. And so I do what most of us do every Sunday morning, avoid them. <laughs> Just avoid them. Don't you? You see him coming and it's like, oh, my shoe. I don't know what that is. You're either gutless or you're just surviving. I don't know. It's true. You know those people. They're in your world. So usually in relationships, there's always, there's a, and this is, you know, broad, but there's normally a lion and a lamb. In every relationship, there's a lion and a lamb. It, it, it always has to be done the lion's way. Right? And the lamb is happy just to keep the peace. Because the lamb's not going to keep butting its head against the lion because you don't live long that way. So the lamb just bleats along until one day. And the lamb's had enough. The lamb's had enough. And what does the lamb do? The lamb walks. The lamb walks. And the lion, the lion is gobsmacked. It's like, why would you leave when everything was going so well for me? The lion doesn't get it. Amen? Now, the secret to a long-lasting marriage is that the lion's got to get a pedicure, <laughs> cut the claws back, right? And the lamb's got to grow some <laughs> teeth, <laughs> some canines, rip into some T-bones. I mean, you can't expect much more from a lamb. They're normally vegetarian. Is that, is that all right? So anyway, it's going to balance out because eventually something's got to break. Amen? That's not God's plan. No, you've been called to his purpose, not your own. Sorry. But it's the only way you'll have happiness and fulfillment. It's the only way you'll be satisfied. So anyway, your relationships are going to get richer and richer and better and better. Why? Because it's not about me anymore. The third one today, it's about his purpose. It's about his purpose. Verse 28, are you sick of that yet? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. His purpose. 
I mean, Jesus made it very clear what his purpose was in Luke 4.18. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's the Holy Spirit, right? As he is within us. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's a good message. That's a good message to carry with you every day to work. Wherever he went, he made a difference in people's lives. And, and I get it. You're, you're thinking right now, you're thinking, yeah, but, you know, he was the son of God. He was the son of God. I mean, he did that stuff. He did that stuff. And I, I understand that, but if we're honest, we all could increase our level of participation. Amen? I mean, I mean look back over last week. Who was that person that we, you know, changed their life? That we did good. Not someone in our family. Someone outside our family. Someone we know was hurting, broken or, or in need or, or, you know, and we, and we put our hand up and said, look, mate, I'll help you out. Or here, I'll get that for you. Amen? Who was that in our world last week? Ephesians 2.10 tells us that for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared <coughs> in advance for us to do. Oh, folks, there's a whole thing happening here that we haven't tapped into yet. Let me read it again. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're missing out on so much about what it means to be Christian. We think our Christianity is confined within these walls. No, this is just the furnace. This is just to fire you up. This is just to prod you a little bit. Come on, this is to thrust you out. Thrust you out so you can experience what He's already prepared in advance for you to do. I've had people say to me, how come we don't see miracles these days anymore? Because you're not doing them. So how come God doesn't do miracles anymore? Because He's told us to. Amen. He's prepared in advance miracles for you and I to do in our Christian walk on a daily basis. We just don't do it. Now, maybe we didn't know. Maybe we looked at our flesh and said, I really don't want to put me out. Kind of don't want to do that. It 
So many settle for the religious ritual. When there's so much more God has prepared in advance for us to do. (laughs) And it's the most exciting life. It's the most exciting life that you'll ever live. And it's not spooky. It's not mystical. You know, you're not going to walk in a bus station and and, uh, hubba, 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 flat on the ground and, and, you know, roll and flip. No, you're just going to see someone that needs your help. And you take that step in that direction. And God's already prepared in advance what He wants done. He just needed the connection. He just needed the connection. You know what? A miracle to a hungry person's a meal. To someone starving, you bring them a meal, someone who's starving, you're a miracle worker. You're a miracle worker. It's not hard, folks. We just got to be available. You know, one day Jesus went out in the bush and and he was pretty popular and thousands of people, you know, they sort of followed him way out there for days. They're out in the middle of nowhere, out in the back blocks. And Jesus started to feel like, hey man, these guys are going to be hungry. You know, I don't want them fainting on the way home. I don't want them, you know. turned to his disciples and he said you give them something to eat you give them something to eat and the disciples looked at their flesh and were like we don't have that much money we can't we don't have we can't afford that would cost a year's wages to feed these thousands of people where are we going to get that from where are we going to instead had they have taken hold of the fish and the, and the loaves and give thanks to God for what, I, what we have. And if they started to break it open and hand it out, the same miracle would have happened. The same miracle would have happened. You say, how do you know that? You can't read that in Scripture. No, but I know the heart of Jesus. Why would he tell them to do something that was impossible? Why would he set them up to fail? Why would he say, no, you feed them, and it would absolutely be impossible for any of them to be able to feed those thousands of people? And what, Jesus sits back and says, sucker! No, they, they could have done it if they just stepped out. They had the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord was, no, you feed them. You give them something to eat. That was the Word of the Lord. Amen. Had they just obeyed the Word of the Lord and not questioned all of the... They would have done an amazing miracle. We would have read about them in the Bible in that chapter. And Jesus' disciples started to break the fish and the bread and they handed it out and and thousands were fed and and afterwards they collected 12 basketfuls of of leftover pieces. 
and had bubble and squeak next morning. Don't miss this church. Everywhere, every day that you go, there has been a miracle prepared in advance for you to do. Amen? Rejoice. I've got to tell you, it's the most satisfied you will ever be in your life, knowing that God is moving through you to bring life to someone else. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you today for your word on our hearts. Thank you for the incredible heart and generosity of your people. Lord, I've walked amongst it yet again just a few weeks ago. I saw the hurting and the broken, their needs met. I saw them fed. I saw situations turned around because of the the heart of your church. Lord, I know there's more. I know there's more. I want want what you've already prepared in advance. I want to fulfil your purpose in my life in the season I have left. I want to tell everyone about the amazing things you've done in my life and that they can have that too. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.